Will you pray with me? Oh God, loving creator of us all, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of the hearts of all of those gathered here today be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, here we are. It's the weekend of the special session of General Conference. This is obviously not a normal weekend, as you can see by relatively lightly attended congregation. We have somewhere between 16 and 20 people associated with this congregation in St. Louis to witness and advocate and act as delegates. And as we are confronted uh, by a nerve-wracking and painful gathering of our global church, we're reflecting on what we can learn from healing from scripture. This story we just read, which our own Stephanie Douglas also wrote about for today's general conference devotional, is one of the more famous healing stories from the Gospels. So let's set the scene. In the chapters preceding this encounter, Jesus is a preaching, teaching, and healing machine. He calls disciples, heals people with injuries, illnesses, those possessed by demons, tells a bunch of, sermon, uh, tells a bunch of sermons and a parable or two. Naturally, this results in him getting quite the entourage. When a man named Jairus, a local synagogue leader, approaches Jesus, begging him to heal his daughter, who is on her deathbed, Jesus goes with him, and the entourage follows. It's on the way to heal Jairus' daughter that the encounter we just heard about occurs. When I imagine this scene, I picture something like the temple scene from Jesus Christ Superstar. You know, the part after he drives out the money changers when there's an endless stream of people approaching Jesus with their ailments, begging him to heal them? It must have been chaotic, stressful, noisy, and probably more than a little smelly given the number of people who had been traveling together for some time. The urgency of Jairus' request surely amplified all of this. And then, amidst all this chaos, a woman is able to struggle through the crowds and get close enough to Jesus to touch his cloak. The writer of Mark doesn't tell us this woman's name, but the writer does tell us a lot about what brought this woman to Jesus. The gospel tells us that she had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years and that she has spent all of her money seeing doctors and seeking cures for her condition, which has progressively gotten worse. The English translations that we read here at SPSA and for our own devotional practices tend to obscure the nature of these hemorrhages, but the specifics would have been clear to the original audience. Now, heads up, we're going to talk about reproductive organs in church for a second. Basically, this woman has been experiencing vaginal bleeding for 12 years. So in addition to the financial destitution that, to, that trying to cure this condition has brought her, she is likely physically exhausted because bleeding for 12 years would probably make someone anemic. She's also almost certainly socially isolated and vulnerable because of this ailment. In this setting, a condition like this would limit her ability to find a spouse and have children, and the social and financial security 
that those relationships would have offered her. This woman has heard about Jesus's miraculous healings and thinks this person is different. This is the person who can finally cure me. She joins the crowd following Jesus and against all odds, manages to elbow, crawl, and inch her way to him through this dense crowd. Imagine the sense of desperation and sheer exhaustion she must have felt. She gets closer and closer and closer, and then she's finally able to grab a hold of Jesus's cloak. As the text tells us, her hemorrhaging stops and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Now here's where things get interesting. Jesus feels this healing power he has leave his own body, but he doesn't seem to know where or to whom it went. Jesus, who has up until now been healing with great intention on those who seek him out, doesn't quite understand what's going on. It is this moment of unknowing that facilitates an important shift in Jesus's role. Theologian Shelley Rambo writes that this moment allows us to see Jesus as a witness to this woman's healing before we see him as a healer and a judge. It is the woman, not Jesus, who with fear and trembling identifies herself as having been healed by him. Jesus bears witness to this fear and trembling and to her faith in him when he says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Right now, we too are in a moment of unknowing. We don't know if the delegates sent to this special session will choose to fully accept our LGBTQI siblings in Christ in the United Methodist Church. We don't know if there will even be a vote or if this cruel debate will once again be tabled for further discussion. We know that the United Methodist Church will change somehow after this special session, but we don't know how that change will play out. And that is why, as a community committed to following Jesus into the streets to increase the amount of love and justice in the world, we must, like Jesus, bear witness. We must bear witness to the harm and trauma inflicted by the United Methodist Church and the Church Universal on LGBTQI people. We must bear witness to the testimonies of those who have left the United Methodist Church because of spiritual abuse inflicted on them by entrenched and institutionalized homophobia, transphobia, biphobia, and heterosexism. We must bear witness to the loss of so many beautiful souls who have self-harmed or died by suicide because so many religious institutions, including the United Methodist Church, have declared that their lifestyle is incompatible with Christian teaching. Yes, like Jesus, we must bear witness to the trauma, the pain, the grief, the utter exhaustion that our LGBTQI siblings experience, especially during weekends like this one. And like Jesus, and as a community committed to following him, 
we must bear witness to people like the members of the Queer Clergy Caucus, who, like this unnamed woman, step forward to bravely advocate for themselves and for their communities. We must bear witness to the incredible gifts of preaching, teaching, pastoral care, and community organizing that queer clergy bring to SPSA specifically and the United Methodist Church broadly. We must bear witness to the love evident in queer relationships and queer families, married and unmarried. We must bear witness to the sacred worth and God-given talents of LGBTQI members of our church. What or to whom are you called to bear witness? Take a minute or two to reflect on this. And as you do, I'm going to share some of the things that members of our community have committed to bearing witness to during their time in St. Louis and after. One person said, I want to at least witness God's work in spreading the fact that LGBTQ people have a place in the church. I decided to join the UMC fully aware of the impasse over LGBTQ issues because I wanted to be a, a tiny thorn in the side of those who inflict pain on LGBTQ people in the United Methodist Church. Another said that they are in St. Louis to witness historic decisions, protest bad ones, and to support the queer clergy caucus. Someone else said that they care about the future of our denomination and therefore want to witness decisions being made that impact us firsthand. They also want to support and be supported by the communities that they value, including the Deaconess and Home Missioner community, the LGBTQI community, the SPSA community, and their friends. Now I turn back to you. Again, I ask you, to what or to whom are you called to bear witness? As Pastor Lee has reminded us again and again, regardless of what happens this weekend, we are still going to be here at SPSA every single day of the week, doing church as we know how to do church. This means attending to the illnesses, wounds, and hemorrhages of this world, this denomination, and this congregation. As we do so, we will continue to bear witness. We will continue to cling to the garment of Jesus together through this and through future times of unknowing. For it is through our witness that healing can finally begin to take shape. Amen. <laughs>